Hello everyone, welcome back to the Hawkins Do Coffee podcast. My name is Ren. And my name is Emily and in this podcast we talk about all things Stranger Things and all things Stranger Things 4 because it is finally complete. Would you believe it? I don't. I'm still a bit in denial. I just don't understand how we've waited so long and then like in just over a month it, it's then done. And here comes the painful two plus year wait for season five. Before we talk about that, though, happy two-year podcast anniversary. Yeah, this isn't our anniversary episode, but it's going to go up on our anniversary because Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 2, decided to come out a couple of days before and really messed up our plans. Um, (laughs) It did. So, yeah, happy two years. Who would believe it? That's a long time. That is quite a while. That is... That is quite a while. So if any of you have been here from the beginning, thank you for sticking around. Unless you haven't, in which case we hope you liked us for a little bit. And for those of you <laughs> that have found us recently, thank you for joining us and talking all things Stranger Things. But we will get more into that when we actually do our anniversary episode, which probably come in a couple of days, maybe. Yeah, it w- it'll be a bonus Episode, which are always fun. Exactly, it's always a lot of fun. But what are we going to talk about today? Season four, volume two, which is a whole thing. But before we get into that, there are many places where you can find us, and those places are Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Audible.com at Hawkins Do Copy, and then on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Hawkins Podcast, or YouTube and Tumblr at Hawkins Do Copy, and at some point HawkinsDoCopy.com. We didn't get it done for Volume Two, but that's okay because we're working on it. It'll be done before Season Five. Exactly, we can guarantee that, and our Discord too. That will also yeah. be done. So yeah, the Friday just gone, we got Papa and the piggyback. And I mean, we were pretty right about the piggyback being... A piggyback. A piggyback. It was very explicitly said to be a piggyback. But yeah, it being Eleven's plan and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Papa were maybe a bit more wrong on, but I, I'm quite glad that it is not Henry. And I'm quite glad... Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very glad about that, actually. And I'm also quite glad... That well, I mean, it's not explicitly said that it isn't Brenner. It could still be. It could still be. But also, I don't think she's really in a place where it's going to matter to her much now. If it it is like they've had yeah. their finish, and I, I'm quite glad about the way actually that did finish. I think it ended in the best way for both of them. Yeah, that was genuinely one of my favourite scenes within the whole of Stranger Things. I mean, we knew that Brenna was going to kind of like betray Owens and try and keep Elle there. But it literally, even his last breath, he wanted to control her and tell her that she had to say she Mm. understood why he did what he did. And I think it was one of the most empowering things that she didn't. Like, I think that was so... I think therapeutic for Elle, but also therapeutic for the audience. He wanted her to do that one thing for him. And I mean, he wanted her to do lots of things. But when he says to her, like, tell me you understand, the fact that she didn't and she was just like, goodbye. Like, I think that was so, so empowering to let her stand up to him in such an impactful way. 
that was that was like one of my favorite scenes yeah i'm glad we didn't completely like humanize well you get what i mean i'm glad we didn't completely humanize him or like redeem him but i'm also at the same time glad that we kind of got to see inside his mind a little bit and even if he was maybe lying and twisting the truth with her we kind of got to figure out more in his head why he was doing the things that he did and also tie up those um, loose ends from season one which we kind of assumed that he was looking for henry instead and it all kind of just makes sense in that way so i'm glad i'm glad she didn't give him what he wanted but i'm glad that for an audience we could kind of go okay that's why he did that and obviously we'll get more into that when we talk about episode eight as a whole it comes a little bit under what robin says when she's talking to the guy that runs penhurst obviously brenner isn't the same as victor crew i mean victor crew is completely innocent but they're talking about people that are in like psychiatric hospitals but it's that same it's it's a similar concept in the sense of you know that what they've done is wrong and Brenner, you know, what he did was wrong. Keeping all of those kids was wrong. Putting them through all of those things was wrong. The same way that criminals that do things that are wrong are wrong. Um, but there's a reason why we have things like criminology and it's a reason why there are like psychiatric evaluations and stuff because why people do things that they do is wanted to be understood because that's how we understand how different minds work and that's what you know robin says his something like his completely messed up but fascinating mind and i think i don't i don't know if i'd say brenner has a i mean i i guess it sort of it does come under that similar thing of everything he did was awful but it is interesting to have an understanding yeah of of the way an awful mind can work when they're working to do you know what i mean like it's it's an interesting way of doing it and like you said we didn't humanize him but we understood his messed up but fascinating mind (laughs) yeah and that's what's quite interesting when you've got like owens and brenner which we said a a little bit back as well is that owens he's he's doing things for the greater good in a sense and in a way it's almost things like this is what Brenner could have been yeah and Brenner could have had that moment in the lab where it's like actually no you know what no we're shutting this down and Owen gives yeah. us that on the reverse you got Brenner I think as well when I was saying last week about Henry Creel and all that kind of thing that's what makes him in a way that interesting villain yeah especially when oh yeah 100%. he isn't Vecna because I mean he's awful and the stuff he does you can't condone it but the way he works and the way he's twisting things and the way mm-hmm. he can get in those minds you can't help but think i'm really invested and i need to know yeah more and for me i would have liked a bit more. i know why you couldn't get more of that because episode seven kind of wrapped that up very nicely yeah. and you, you, you didn't need any more but i would have liked some more backstory and i would like to have seen kind of those development news like why was he given um satari is it Sater- I, I said this last week as well satarius lotaria whatever it is why <laughs> what did he do to warrant 
getting that? Or is it like a precautionary thing from the beginning when Brenna's just like, no, we're shoving this down. Was there a, a, a point that there was like, we literally need to calm this? And yeah. maybe it's a season five thing. Who knows? I don't know how we're going to get in season five. But, <laughs> you know, maybe we'll see more about that or either that or Jamie Campbell Bauer can release his notebook thing that he's posted that pictures would be good. of on Instagram. So I can literally go, okay, yes, I understand now. No, I agree. I think, and it's interesting to think that Brenna shut that down, yeah. but then also wanted to recreate him. Um because it's 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 sort of that thing of like I've I love Jurassic Park as a movie and you know like it's so good and like the CGI was you know it's incredible but it's the concept of why are you why are you cloning dinosaurs yeah. <laughs> like why are you why are you doing that and it's that similar thing of like you can see the damage that he can do why are you trying to recreate that? Yeah. And then it's sort of a weird thing because you think Brenner is never... Is it that he wanted to do it with kids so he could control it a bit more? Like, from the beginning? Yeah, because Henry does say that. He does say that he yeah. realised he couldn't control me, so he then tried to recreate yes. me. So, but then when was the chip then implanted? That That's a, that's the thing I want to know. What, what was the key moment? How much did he get Henry to do before he realised he couldn't control him? But then also that weird logic of Brenner's of thinking, well, I can't control him, so let's make more. And you're like, mm. well, what if you can't control any of them? <laughs> like, what what do you do? You're like, you know, how how do you get to that point? More of that, though, when we actually go into talking about yes. episode eight. So, opinions on volume two as a whole. General blanket um, overview, first of all. I liked it. I did like it. I think the season could have finished at seven. That would have been an interesting cliffhanger. But I did like it. That's some of my favourite moments in the whole of Stranger Things were in episode eight and nine. Yeah, I'm the same. I personally would have liked season four to have finished episode seven, I think. Yeah. For me, I think that would have been a much interesting finish. I saw an interesting thing on Reddit about this. Um, because obviously, volume two is kind of divided. <laughs> the internet um for many (laughs) different reasons some of them will go into a little bit some of them you know you could probably guess from how we're going to be talking about it um and there's really kind of stuck with me because I thought actually that makes a lot of sense people saying that reason why some people might not have liked volume two as much and maybe I fall into this a little bit I liked volume two but that I, I have a few issues with a few bits of it is that the gap between volume one and two kind of gave you time to theorise. And they said that what you theorise is always going to be not better than the show itself, but, for example, let's take step a fave, and we'll go a bit more into his character a little bit later. Noah posts the harness picture, and naturally yeah. everyone is like, Will's getting vecnered. That was, in everyone's mind, on the internet, pretty much everyone's like, that's happening to Will. Will's going to get Vecna, he's going to get into Hawkins, immediately that's going to happen. And they're going to start, and Vecna's going to tease him about this, he's going to tease him about that, he's going to 
Jonathan's going to transform into Vecna. And the hug between Jonathan Mm -hmm. and Will is actually going to be Vecna. And then it's going to be a thing if we have to then save Will and should I say, should I go, is going to come into place. These weren't all my views, but that's just the general internet of how they went. That was... Anyway, literally that's what everyone thought. So naturally, volume two comes out. Will doesn't get vecna Jonathan is Jonathan. This is that, this is that. And everyone's kind of built up this idea of what was going to happen to him. And then it's a thing of, oh, okay. And so, do you know what I mean? That is that kind of thing. Yeah. And because there was that gap, you've got that time to do of that. And I do wonder if volume two would have been received a bit better by some people if we didn't have that gap. And it does kind of make me wish they'd just waited until all it was done to release it all in one season. I think I would have rather actually waited just that month extra and have it all on the 1st of July. Yeah, I I am exactly the same. I would have loved to have just had that on on the 1st of July, just all of it. Because I think things kind of fit and work better. Like you said, it being open to speculation then when it didn't go against it didn't when it wasn't what we thought like I was convinced that that painting was going to be the swing set like I was 100% like I would have bet actual British pounds from my own bank account that that painting was going to be the swing set like would have sworn but that is because of the internet yeah because we all theorized it's going to be the swing set. I actually saw a really funny tweet and it was like, something like I really clowned myself when I thought the painting was going to be like this. And it was the picture of Janice, Katie and Damien from Me Girls. And I was like, that is what everyone kind of thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's the thing that everyone was expecting this. And in fairness, the painting was lovely. Like It was. It was so nice. And it was so nice. But it was that thing where everyone had kind of made all these expectations. Yeah. And it didn't happen. And in fairness, when episode eight started, it felt like a bit of, you didn't quite know where you were dropping into. And... Yes. Which is strange because episode seven kind of did leave it on a point where it could have finished. But episode eight felt really abrupt. And I I think it would have been a thing that if you'd watched it straight through, then it, it wouldn't have felt that but no as a whole I did like volume two there were a few as I said there's a few things that I was like mm-hmm, um a bit iffy on and I will admit episode nine I did find myself tapping mm-hmm. a couple of times just to see where we were not because I was necessarily bored but just because I was like okay we're, we're getting a little bit Mm. if you know what I mean. It's really funny, actually, because I I did the same thing. I also had to stop episode nine halfway through to go to the doctors, which was unfair. But it was really funny because I saw loads of people when volume one came out complaining about how long things were and that they were worried about the length and stuff. But then I saw loads of people after episode nine say, more finales, movie length. See, which I thought was quite interesting because yeah. I, yeah, it was it was quite cool to watch something that was like movie length, but it was, it was funny how it, that was the longest episode, and yet that was the episode that made most people be like, yeah, 
more this length, please. Yeah. Maybe it's because it's a finale. Maybe it was yeah. that kind of thing. That and finale, the finales for Stranger Things have always been longer anyway. So it, it makes sense for it to do that. I personally would have wondered if it would have benefited from a split and go episode 9, episode 10. But I understand why that hasn't been done. Shall we start with our favourite part? Should we start on a start on a high and talk about our favourite moments? And can I please go first? Because because do you know what I finally get to say on the podcast after six years okay. of waiting? Joyce and Hoffa kissed. They did kiss. Look at them. And apparently ah. that first one was it the first one? No, not the first one. No, the kiss. second one. The second the, kiss. The second kiss. They improved. But do you know what? No one knows Joyce and Hopper like David and Winona. Exactly. Um, so thank you, David and Winona. So like ultimately, Joyce and Hopper were like my ship from the get go, like from season one. Loved them. Have wanted them to get together. Loved Bob and wanted Joyce to be happy with Bob. But when <laughs> when I watched season two, and I was like, oh, she's not dating Hopper. I was a bit sad. But then I loved Bob, and that was great. And Hop just wanted her to be happy as well. And then season three, when it was like back and forth it was like oh and then they finally had a date and then dead you know it was it's it's been it's been a long going ship it's been it's been a very long time coming and it is now officially canon it it happened i am very happy have i watched that scene just that scene every day at least once a day since yes yes i have do you know what I am glad, though? You mentioned Bob. I am very glad they haven't forgotten about him. And when you had that No, scene, I agree. I really liked that. Was it episode nine? I don't know. Uh, it, it must have been. It, it was the a flashback. Bit. Yeah, when you had the flashback. When yeah, the yeah, demo- nine. The dimmer dog, I should say, um, was on Hopper. I, I'm glad that you had that little memory yeah. of Bob. I was like, because he, he's still there. He's still, still there in her heart. I'm like, I'm glad that of all the things in the show, we haven't forgotten that Bob existed. I think it shows what Joyce is like as a character. Yeah. Not that not that her boyfriend, who she very much loved, had died and she'd have just been like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. But I liked how he is still very like intrinsic in their lives. Yeah. And in season three, obviously, that is why she's hesitant to start a relationship with Hopper because she's worried that she's going to lose him. And then she sets a date and then she does lose him, you know? And I think... That scene when they do have like the, the improv kiss and stuff, but when she's like, I'm not having another funeral. That is very sort of like, I can't, like, I can't do this anymore, you know? Sort of. In the last three years, she's had to have, she had a funeral for her son. Hmm. A few, I mean, obviously he was okay, but she had a funeral for her son. She had a funeral for her boyfriend and then had a funeral for Hopper. Like the emotional turmoil of then that as well. So I liked when, when she saved him and it was sort of like her being like, do you know what universe? Nah, not, you're not doing this. Because she'd have saved Bob if she could have. Yeah. But she just, the way that Bob was killed, he wasn't able to be saved. But like, I liked that it was Bob and Bob's memory that kind of fueled her to then go and save Hopper. No, exactly. And I think Bob would have done the same thing for her. If he was still alive and she said, I need to go save Hopper, he would have done it with her. Which he did in season two when they went to the tunnels. Which he did. 
in season two. And I liked that sort of Bob's memory was, is always with, with her. No, yeah, I completely agree. But they kiss. It's sound really weird as well. But I'm really glad it wasn't awkward and didn't feel forced. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in a sense of everyone wanted Joyce and Hopper. Like, everyone wanted yeah. them. And I, I'm really glad. By everyone, you mean David Harbour. Um. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> David Harbour really wanted Joyce and Hopper. And I, I'm just really glad that within the show, it was built up right, mm-hmm. you know? And the, that those seeds, it, it all just made sense. So when you did have that moment, and I think when you, you saw them getting dressed and stuff like that, everyone kind of had that feel of, we know what's going to happen. We all know what's going to happen right now. So just, just give it essentially so when it did it was like a there it is i mean a completely question as you were saying earlier completely question the choices because he has been in a russian prison with <laughs> i'm guessing no cleaning facilities or very little cleaning facilities <laughs> at all but you know what joyce you do you yeah i will admit and i'm gonna i'm gonna admit this i'm gonna admit this on the podcast I think I told you. If not, I'm finding it out right now. <laughs> when they kissed, I burst into tears. <laughs> because I was so poorly on Friday. Like, I was so sick. I was watching it so sick. And they kissed after all this time, but then also, like, it had been, like, bleak season. And they kissed, and I just burst into tears. That might have been in the group of pictures. <laughs> sent yeah it was i sent you i sent you the pictures that's what it was yeah yeah so i think it's safe to say that i um i was very happy about choice and hopper what was some of your favorite i mean i've got other favorite moments but what what was my favorite moments um i mean we're going to talk about it properly later i imagine so only briefly go over i really liked the jonathan and will conversation I really liked that, actually. Oh, God, yeah. I think just having them have that moment and just them talking again because they'd been really distant yeah. throughout season or stoned. four, really. Yeah, literally. I mean, Will brings it up multiple times throughout the season to just for them to have that and know that he's been clocking things and just looking out for me, even though if he hasn't explicitly said it. you know. And I think just all the reunions yeah. as well, just kind of seeing them all together for me the one that stands out weirdly not as nice but the i don't want to call it the mind flayer creation scene because the mind flayer kind of already existed but that was cool yeah but just him shaping it to be the mind for itself and then finding out that henry had I, I'm just talking so much about Henry Creel and I don't know what's happened to me. He drew it. Yeah, him drawing it. And it's like, oh my gosh. Okay. And I think just that little connection for me because, I mean, we've been saying pretty much like the last two years, how is the mind flare fitting into all of this? <laughs> and yeah. So I think just have that kind of bit of payoff and then the idea that the mind flare is kind of giving, I guess it kind of gave life to the Demogorgons in Russia. And just that little thing. So, of course, naturally, my theory head is like, is Will actually dead this entire time? The only thing that's sustaining him is the fact that the mind flayer's been in him. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. So that's in my head now. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that. That's not happening. I think that scene for me, because 
I quite like the My Flares villain. I've oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and I think in a way the My Flare is almost scarier. And I think just hearing yeah, agreed. The people in the Russian prison call it the Shadow, and it was like a thing of oh my gosh, we're back. The Shadow was yeah. I think for me, yeah. I really liked that scene. Basically, all the scenes I like seem to be a bit evil. <laughs> Emily is the number one. She is retiring the number one Will Biostan title, and it's actually now the number one. Henry, number one, number one. Henry, number one, number one. Stan. No, I am never retiring the Will Byers title. <laughs> I enjoyed the what are we calling him, Henry Wagner one conversation because yeah. also yeah, true. No, I loved the mind flag creation, yeah. and I was wondering if L obviously created the the door to the upside down and this other dimension um and like henry didn't create the other dimension but it made me wonder if part of because he'd drawn the mind flare and i know the mind flare didn't look like how he'd drawn it until he made it look like how he'd drawn it but because he'd drawn that before it made me wonder if parts of the upside down came from like his imagination so the yeah. mind flare was just sort of there as like this like mass and then he was able to shape it but yeah. what it could do was in his imagination from as a child so then he goes into this alternate dimension and parts of his imagination are sort of there but i i loved the way they did that when they said that the mind flare in russia had gone and they were like it's in and it was like in what and I, I literally, I was like, oh my God, it's in the Demogorgons. And then Murray's like, there's your answer, Jim. And I was just like, oh my God. Like that thought was like absolutely terrifying. And then like the concept of Will being like, it was him the whole time. Like he's been in my head. And Will being like, I can hear, I still remember his thoughts, his feelings, what he's thinking. And I'm like, yep. And the second he gets back to Hawkins, that all comes back. And that scene at the end, I cannot tell you how happy I have been to see him touch his neck. Yeah. <laughs> just seeing that kind of him centre screen and then just the goosebumps and him touching his neck mm-hmm. and then turning round. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. Honestly. Brilliant. I am absolutely here for, if we're going to revisit the Supernatural arc in some way, I am going to be absolutely living for season five i'm saying it now that will i oh i'm excited it's the mind flayer the mind flayer's done it for me <laughs> i know no i agree like when l goes into like max's head to try and fight when max is still like conscious and stuff and he- henry Beckner one uh takes her and is at the snowball that for me was the moment where I was like, oh my God, at the end of the snowball, the mind flayer was watching. Yeah. And it's like, he's been watching the whole time. Like we knew the mind flayer was, but the concept of Henry, like yeah. this whole time. And like the fact that he then even takes her back to this moment where he was outside watching them. Yeah. Was like, are you crafty? Oh, like it was so good. So the Will Byers comic, there is a scene at the end of that where you have the mind flayer there and it's essentially talking, saying, we know what you're doing. When you do this, you're doing that, you're doing that, you're doing that. Because mm-hmm. it was always, you read it and be like, but this doesn't then make sense because if this kind of meant to be mm-hmm. season one, why is the mind flayer here? And 
obviously I'm guessing that the comic book writers didn't really have much knowledge of what was going on there but I will say they've accidentally written something that actually still fits as canon and I think it's pretty much the only comic that still fits and also one of the season two trailers I might have been the thriller one it might have been one before that where there was one trailer where at one point there was a voice that said will and then that yes then, there was yeah and then that didn't actually exist in the show but then that itself accidentally then fits perfectly in the new canon that we have if that was then henry vecna one then it, it, it just all ties together it just all perfectly ties and then that then makes sense then when jamie campbell bauer was like i put will byers at the center of my spider diagram thing i went everything from there everything just fits nicely into place it does i just it just i love it so much i'm just so stressed that it means that will's gonna die oh I, i'm fully convinced that i'm i'm fully convinced that one is either going to die or he is already dead <laughs> that is where i am with will right now and i also wonder if not my sleeper agent tea thing theory is gonna be correct no i think it could be correct definitely but it would be really easy if Henry is a bit stronger now to tell Mike, oh, I can still sense him. I can still feel all of this and we need to kill him. It would be so easy. I'm pretty sure that was Will talking. I'd like to say that now, but it would be very interesting, especially if that's right at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Your first favourite moment was the conversation between Jonathan and Will, um, which also made me cry. And I loved that. I think it was so perfect when it comes to their relationship because Mm -hmm. it was Jonathan clearly saying without saying, I know, and Will clearly saying without saying, I know you know, thank you. The way that Will started crying in that scene shows that he knew what Jonathan yeah. was saying. And then I thought it was so sweet. And he was like, and I'm always there for you too. And Jonathan was like, I know. But it's it sort of like, Will, you, you don't have to say that. Like, that you know, that's not why he's saying it. And Will knows that's not why Jonathan's saying it. And Jonathan knows he doesn't want Will to be like, I'm here for you too. Like, but it was sort of, I think it's, I think it's really interesting when you look at that as as an experience because I think it's a really hard thing to say um and it's a it's a tricky thing to sometimes think of the words on how to explain it I sort of think Jonathan knows that so I think the way that he approached Will with everything was done in such a such a good way because it was really sensitive to I know that you're you're not either ready to tell me or not ready to tell anybody it was done but it was done in a way where he's like when you when you are like there's nothing that would stop me from being your brother kind of thing and I think that that was done really well and I think that type of experience needs to be highlighted a little bit more than it is in media sometimes no I I have maybe an opinion that is apparently controversial on the internet in regards to this, 
But I actually think the way it was handled with Will was very well done. And I think it's... The way it was done was one of the most in-character things for Will. Because we've seen Will as a character that isn't exactly putting himself first. We saw this in season three. Actually, no, we've seen this right back from season two. When... yeah. He's kind of, you know, when Max comes into the group first of all, and it's like, well, you know, I, I thought it'd be okay, mm-hmm. so I didn't want to, I didn't want to say anything, and kind of like keeping, it's almost like a thing if he keeps the peace kind of there, and he doesn't really want to tell people what's really going on in his mind because everyone's treating him differently, so he doesn't want to be someone that's treated differently. In season three, with the whole thing with Mike and Lucas happens, his first thought when Lucas comes to apologise is like it's fine we can just like move on from it now like we don't we don't need to talk about it like there's bigger things bigger things at stake and so even though he's got all this going on in his head he's you know he's not going to talk about it because there are bigger issues so i think when we have the moment in the car with will when he is very clearly uh if you replace l with i um that's what he's doing he's very clearly talking it surprises me that 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 a lot of people didn't think that was obvious. I thought that, that was really obvious. Like yeah. the second he was like, "L always will always need you." I was like, "It's really obvious he's using L as a thing." And like, I think I genuinely have seen some people think that L did commission the painting. And I was like, it, uh, the first time I saw it, I was like, it, "It's very obvious that she didn't, and that he just doesn't want to give him this painting hmm. and be like, yeah, it's for me.'" Yeah, I mean, Jonathan keeps looking back, so Jonathan's Jonathan's giving yeah. you clues that Will is kind of yeah. not exactly telling the truth this entire time. So him replacing I with L, it, it, it's, a, it's a nice way for him to kind of get out there, because also L probably is feeling all of these yeah. things. And for Will, it's kind of a thing of, I actually really, really get how she's feeling and you need this right now so and you two need to be happy because you clearly really really like her and he and she really really likes you so i'm gonna put myself back here and be like well Elle feels all of this Elle feels all that if she was pushing you away uh then it's because of this and you know it's for me of course will was doing that because that's the kind of character will is and i am i imagine yeah in season five it's gonna be different because yeah. You know, Jonathan's had that talk with him, been like, literally, let's let's talk more about things. And we, we I imagine that we yeah. might see Will kind of putting himself first a little bit. I've seen a few people saying that we kind of need some resolution on that because it's kind of been left that. in a weird situation where, yeah. not that Mike's going to be like, oh, L, thanks for the painting, by the way. But, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You've got it kind of stuck with those three where Will's kind of really propped that up a bit to make them both happy mm-hmm. without actually kind of really saying anything. Yeah, long story short, I, I think the way it was handled, I, I think it's very in character for Will. It would have been nice to have maybe, I don't know, have said something to Jonathan. But yeah. I don't think Will's the kind of person that would. I think Will is probably, as we've said before, very stuck in his head. And is thinking about this. And this is probably terrifying. The fact that not only is probably this the first time he's feeling these things, but it's about his best friend. 
who is mm-hmm. in a relationship with his sister. And, and is a boy. Yeah, and exactly. In and the 80s. A, yeah, exactly. So either way, so many relationships for him are going to be ruined if this goes horribly wrong. Yeah. And also, even if Mike didn't mean it in an offensive way last year, if Will started feeling those things last year, Mike has literally said to him, it's not my fault you don't like girls. So in his head, yeah. is that a thing of, oh my God, if this is what I'm feeling does he actually think that and does he mean it in a way like my dad used to or this person used to or this person Mm -hmm. used to so I think I'm not surprised we didn't get anything explicit explicit but for me I think it was pretty obvious I also think it was pretty obvious and the the biggest issue I've had with some of the reactions is I do understand the criticism of using that to push a what like a heterosexual relationship i can understand some of that slightly and i can also understand that maybe some people would take comfort if there was a this is what i am scene a lot of people that is their experience and it would be really nice to see that their favorite character has that same experience i completely agree with that however that is not the only like queer experience and I think a lot of queer people and I've actually seen a lot of people online say a similar thing and like it's so I think I said this last week about like my own experiences and stuff like it your sexuality does not have to have an explicit label to be valid all of his experience is valid whether or not he explicitly says this is what this I am insert sexuality here or if he is still currently trying to figure things out and see what what is you know deal with all of these things and I think like that is also just as valid like sexuality is not it doesn't only exist when there's a label and it do, it's not only valid when there's a label I mean, Robin hasn't also said she is asexuality. All she has said is that she likes girls. Assume that she's a lesbian. But, like, that's... Do you know what I mean? She never said the same thing. She just sort of said about Tammy Thompson. And as we said a couple of weeks ago, she says at the start of Volume 1 as well that she says it to the wrong person and she's a town pariah, which kind of sets that tone for this is, you know, this is the atmosphere that we are in right now i think one of the things to consider as well is that right now obviously things aren't things aren't perfect but we're a lot more accepting of people right now and not Mm -hmm. that people wouldn't have been in the 80s and i wasn't born in the 80s i did not live in the 80s i do not know i I know you know through records or things like that what it was like Mm -hmm. but it's it's a different time I don't know, for me, and I said this a couple of weeks ago as well, that for me, him figuring it out and kind of being like, okay, I, th- I think this is what's going on and this is this is scary, but I can finally kind of come into my own. That, for me, feels real. And Yeah, I agree. And I, I do think a lot of people can take comfort in that, maybe. Yeah. I do agree, though, I think, with the arguments that maybe there could have been a better way to lead up to Mike saying, 
I love you. Um, oh, yeah. Elle, I, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think maybe, you know, let's, let's not use Will's essentially confession to be like, you know what? Yeah. Will, thank you. I'm now going to tell my girlfriend that I love her. You know what I mean? I think, I think yeah. maybe there was a better way to have done that. I think that could have been done with, I don't know, a, a separate talk. Maybe Mike talk more about how, I mean, he did, in fairness, he did talk about how he was feeling and Will rolled with it. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I agree on that aspect. <laughs> maybe that wasn't I agree the smartest with that decision. Um, but then, or, or if they were going to do that, then have some kind of resolution towards the end when we've kind of not brought Will back into it and being like, hi, by the way, that was about me. But do you know what I mean? Just some kind of <laughs> closure on that subject maybe yeah even if Jonathan had said like you didn't have to say that do you know what I mean like even if it was something like that it would have been a little bit better and also the way that PR wise it was handled between volume one and volume two was a nightmare I think that was the worst thing and I think it was always going to be an unrequited situation it was absolutely always yeah definitely that at no point did I think, oh my God, they're actually going to go with Mike and Will as a ship. But <laughs> I think by hashtag Byler on Netflix geeked and all of that, yeah. and like the zoom ins on Will's face and then the all the interviews that were floating around that seemed to be like Will's love for Mike and is Will's love for Mike going to be addressed? And then people saying it's going to be yeah. addressed and all that kind of thing. I think I don't know but isn't that then when the theorizing part of things comes into it again where you've got that gap you can start to think of all these yeah. things when if you'd watch a continuous story actually you can kind of see that wasn't the direction at all but also I would really like Netflix and all the Duffer brothers to be the ones that are talking and not letting it fall on their 17 year old actor let's not <laughs> have Noah Schnapp be explaining online why Will didn't explicitly come out. I don't know why everything is falling to him. And I think when people were asking him at the beginning, is it going to be addressed? And he's like, no, it's up for interpretation. I think it's nice they don't say it. There was such an attack on him. Yeah. Actually, watching volume two, seeing how they played it out, he hasn't actually said anything wrong. And no. It was the Duffer brothers that were then like, yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be addressed in the, in the thing, um, in the, the conference, the conversation. Oh my God, what I'm trying to say in the convention thing. Um, and I would argue, you know, even like David and Finn laughing about how we'll like someone in, in the thing and stuff. And I think I, a lot is falling on, on, on Noah when actually I think the it's something the Duff brothers have done and it's something that, the marketing it w- was very, very, very wrongly and poorly executed. Because here's the issue that comes with it as well, that it's very unfortunate that they forgot Will's birthday. <laughs> because yeah. what, what happened is that they forgot his birthday. Um, and I'm not saying it kind of looks like they hate Will. 
But <laughs> the way that everything kind of looks a bit like kind of, they hate Will. Yeah, the kind of thing how it's all run from there. We've had this storyline, and it's quite funny. Like watching all the reactors to people on it online, and they're like, "This boy is just crying all the time. Yeah. He can't catch a break. It's like a thing after a thing after a thing." And yeah, that happens to Will, but it it just seems to be very much like you can't be happy and on top of that you can't be happy and you also like boys <laughs> and yeah i i think that's where the issue comes i think no i i completely agree um and i mean we've said before and stuff well me and you have spoken since volume two dropped about the way mike was written in volume two um as well which just felt really much like all he is is a boyfriend and it's really it's annoying because i don't don't know i i I get it but at the same time it's frustrating i I really hope season five we're gonna see him step up and we're really gonna see some leadership skills again and i think the i love you was warranted it absolutely was i am glad that within that as well we did get why he was saying things yeah and why or why he couldn't say things so to speak but i I just i just don't want him stuck in that box but that is also an argument that i will have about the will situation because i think a lot of people are saying as well about mike just being the boyfriend character now but i do think it is also very easy to say the same thing for what people were doing with Will then. Yeah. And this is my argument when I say about how Will went about it is very in character for Will. I think a lot of people are being very down on Mike for not realising what was going on. But by doing Andrews, I don't know how he didn't notice Will was sobbing in the corner of the car, but fair play. Um, But I think by making it all then about Mike and why didn't Mike do this and why didn't Mike notice this you're then putting Will in that exact box and you're putting Mike yeah. in and making then Will essentially the unrequited love interest and I think and Will isn't that and there's so much more to his character and yeah that was essentially his arc this season but that actually was his arc because his arc was figuring himself out and knowing who he is and you know, kind of not keeping everything in and not not putting himself first a few times. And I just think it's very easy for people to group Will in that box as yeah. well. And I think that's just something to note. Shall we talk about the rest of the Hawkins plot? So the, the, the plan, Max, Lucas... I loved all of that. Jason, the Jason was so frustrating. Um, How I cheered when he got ripped in half by the... <laughs> and, like, it was just so frustrating because it was, like, just listen. And it's, like, you know how it all looked. It did look like they'd done some kind of, like, seance ritual type oh, thing. Oh, it did not and look great just... for Lucas, really, did it? <laughs> oh, it did not look great. And it was... So so frustrating that was like screaming at my screen moments i think you knew it was coming as well 
You absolutely yeah. knew it yeah. was coming. It was just waiting for him to turn up. You're like, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. I know. Um, but the way that, like, the way that Caleb, like, acted that whole thing was absolutely brilliant. And, like, he improved some of the bits as well. A bit where he's like, Erica, help. Like, that was, like, so well done. And, like, the emotion in that was just amazing. And even, like, Sadie's performance as Max was dying was, like, Mm. just heartbreaking and as horrible as it is to say one of my favorite moments like the performance there was just so emotional and like so good Mm. and I loved I like that the acting was so good the bits in the upside down when Steve spins around and Robin's like what does he expect us to applaud like that was like those little moments were so good um and I loved those sort of little like funny moments and and the bit where they were making the weapons the bit where they go to the weapon store was like weirdly like human villain chilling because one terrifying that stores like that exist two Jason has the gun and he gets really close to Nancy that made me feel really uncomfortable yeah and that was like uh, sort of a bit chilling um but I loved the scenes in the van minus Steve telling Nancy he wanted her to have six of his children um, yeah, I feel like I wouldn't be staring like, oh, I'd be like, uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, no thanks. Um, but I loved that. I was, I loved like the them in the in the camper van and that whole stuff. And then I loved it when they were making the weapons. I loved the scene with Lucas and Erica when he's like, oh, bench warmer, but you still came to every game. That was lovely. And then when Eddie and Dustin were like fighting, like playing around on the field, um, playing know. around, yeah, that was just lovely. And I just, I don't know, I just those scenes felt, to quote Winona, the heart of Stranger Things. I think you actually mean to quote Will Byers, <laughs> because without heart, we'd all fall apart. What a poet! Can I also say, going back to that really quickly, then we'll move back to Hawkins. That appeared on a calendar. And I just... <laughs> and I'm re- I'm so glad that in my head, it sounded a lot worse than actually what it turned out to be. But still, when it was like, but without heart, we'd all fall apart. I still laughed because there was no need to rhyme, was there, Will? No. There absolutely wasn't. Anyway, back to Hawkins. No. But no, that that, that scene, I think, was one of my favourites like the way that they all were and then even with like Max and Nancy was was really lovely I would also like to say in regards to Nancy Wheeler if Nancy has a thousand fans I'm one of them if she has a hundred fans I'm one if she only has one fan I am that fan Nancy Wheeler this season completely not that I was never a fan of Nancy but this whole time I was like you know what do it absolutely do it that shot when they're throwing like the molotov cocktails i'm guessing that was meant to be um at vecna and nancy's just got the gun honestly nancy wheeler is an absolute icon she is final girl material (laughs) she is she absolutely is nancy wheeler is the moment it is nancy wheeler's world and we're just living in it (laughs) i completely agree but it was just I just loved all of that and and I loved and I was actually talking to a friend about this um and we were saying like the 
and she she messaged me and she said this is why I hate that they split the season because when all the storylines come together it is one of the best things about Stranger Things and the way that they because every time you're thinking how are they going to make it merge and then they make it merge perfectly and they did that this season as well with them all being in different places Hmm. but the way that they all worked the way that when Joyce says about being able to fight it from there and we can give the kids like that head start and then when um else goes in and stuff and I loved I loved Argyle like people are giving him a lot of like bad rep and stuff but I thought it was so nice like when he, you know, he's thinking of ways to help and he does help. Like, he's literally the reason why they they get into Surfer Boy Pizza and, like, he's paying attention to the fact that there's a Surfer Boy Pizza sign and he's looking for all these things. He finds the tyre tracks. The line, if Nina's a small enough girl, she can fit behind a small enough tree, was the best line. And I just, I just think he's great. Um, and I, I loved how they were able to just all come together and Max and Elle when Max is like are you real and them fighting together was just so good and like I the way that it all did kind of have that was brilliant and it then also didn't hinder the actual then reunions but the the actual in-person physical reunions were then even more lovely apart Um, from the fact Elle does know what's happened to Max. Yeah. Yeah. She is fully aware because she's one that gets a heart going again. And yet Dustin's like, oh, you, you don't know. Yeah, why do, why doesn't she just... I mean, I I, I get why she doesn't tell. I I understand. Because people are awkward like, yeah, I was actually there when she died. um, But I helped. Like, that that was... That's probably... Yeah. A worse and I think but it is a thing of, you know, as Mike says, she hasn't lost... And so it is kind of the thing of, you know, she's kind of thought, I've done all of this and I still yeah. lose. I, I'm always the one that saves things and I haven't done it. And now Max died. And I, I get it from that point of view that she's probably very, you know, in her head about it and thinking, I'm kind of the reason why this has happened. You know, yeah. but it was just a bit of like a weird, not a plot hole moment, but there was a couple of those. Like, why are the town not? completely out after Dustin, Lucas and Mike. Why, why do yeah. you not have a mob hunting them if they're apparently in this cult? But, do you, you know what I mean? But, it was yeah, it was really nice to see them, just the reunion and the Jonathan and Nancy reunion when he picks her up and it also for me, sounds like they're setting up Jonathan and Steve being BFFs in season 5 which I would like very, very much, please. As I said last time, bring the Monster Hunter trio back. Charlie Heaton said to get rid of Jancy versus Stancy, we'll just, Jonathan and Steve, get them in a relationship. And do you know what? we just have Stonathan. Go Why on. Not? Go off. Why not? Live your best life. But no, I, I really liked that. I, yeah, I, d- I didn't really understand why L. Like, I do, but also, like, is that going to come up later? That hmm. L was there? Because... I don't think Max is going to wake up. Not for a while, anyway. <laughs> no. Because um, it doesn't seem like Max is really there anymore. Which, in itself, I'm a bit confused. Because people were saying that Vecna has her. But she was alive. That's the thing. 
So that implies yeah, because she spoke to Lucas. Yeah. So that implies that he didn't complete the process, if that yeah. makes sense. But then, I don't know. Is she in there enough, as in with Vecna, that it's done the job? I I don't know. Maybe maybe. I mean, it's clearly a season five thing. I'm guessing it's going to be a thing of that she's trapped there and we're going to get her back. But yeah, it doesn't look great for her. I've seen a lot of people say that Hopper and Elle's reunion was not emotional enough. I thought from being like the OG Hopper stan <laughs> that it was very in character. Like... It it was very reminiscent of well, are you going to tell me why you look like an MTV punk? Yeah. And those jokes. And Elle was so emotional, but... And you could tell that he was as well when she's like, I kept the door open. and But I I thought their reunion was very fitting with Hop and Elle as people. I would have loved for her to say dad. I would yeah. have loved for her to have called him dad. That's my like only complaint. But I loved that. And then I also loved the way that she saw Joyce and it was like, that's my mum. I loved that as well, that that reunion was just as special because that's her mum, you know? And I I liked how I I liked how that was done. For for me, that felt very fitting to Joy to to Hop and Elle's characters and relationships. Especially if you think about his reunion with Joyce. Even then, that's not initially overly emotional, first of all. Not no. in the way that I think people wanted the Elle and Hopper one to be but it was perfect the Joyce and Hopper yeah. one was also perfect but no yeah I, I I agree that it was fitting with them because if you think about it as well when he's in the prison the way he's talking about Sarah that he's someone he's very in yeah on himself yeah. and that clearly that was an emotional moment but I don't know I don't think he need to be sobbing <laughs> and that kind of thing I think it, no. it, it was just the right level where it was also that kind of thing of they're both kind of making sure each other are actually there and yeah you know i i think it personally worked yeah i did too and i think him joking about his hair i took as a he's sort of trying to make her feel better about hers yeah i knew stuff. that was gonna happen like the moment of i've got that you've got that i just thought yeah i'm really glad this is the thing there was for a season i forgot will's birthday there were a lot of callbacks to season two where that happened, there were so many moments mm-hmm. that were season two within the season, mm-hmm. and yeah. No, I agree. I completely agree. Would have liked to know what happened to Murray and Owens and Enzo. <laughs> like, yeah, Dimitri sort of just. I guess he just went back home to his son. I quite liked him by the end of that. I, I liked him too. Yeah. yeah, and also even Yuri. Because I feel like we suddenly got that bit of backstory for Yuri. And it's like, you know yeah. what? Yeah. Yuri's a great guy. And then it's like, oh, actually, that's it. We're not seeing them again. <laughs> yeah. Like, where did he go? What the hell happened to Owens? Yeah. Owens is still just within the silo. Handcuffed just, like, to a pipe. Hi. Uh, hello? Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I liked... Yeah, I, I would like to know that. Obviously, we have Eddie. Eddie's death, which I think we all saw coming. I... Eddie was a good character, but I didn't expect him to last the season. The death also didn't feel 
completely warranted. I thought he was going to die when playing the guitar mm. and it was going to be some like proper saviour type thing. Mm. But I also kind of, I do feel like his death could have been avoided. It was almost like, yeah, we won't have room next season. Let's kill him off, which felt a bit weird. Yeah, I can see both sides of it. I think there would have been other ways to have shown him to have been, you know, someone that doesn't run away yeah. and someone's the hero. I do think it's that thing where he thought, no, this is this is what I need to do. That, And it's kind of that... Yes, it was, clicking, yeah. Clicking moment. And I wonder actually if it's a callback to when they're playing D&D at the beginning. And yeah. he says, actually, the best thing to do is just run away. And Dustin's like, never tell me the odds. And yeah. Dustin and Erica give it a go anyway. And I wonder if it's kind of a thing of that's Eddie's D&D moment. Where he's like, mm-hmm. actually, you know what? I'm not going to run away. If I can save the party then i'm gonna take the fall in you know in in the easiest way possible because i think when he was biking away i don't think he expected to get far i think it was a thing of thinking no i have a few minutes at best let's just try and draw them away as much as possible and then hopefully that'll buy them enough time yeah no, I agree. I did love the scene between Dustin and Eddie's uncle. I thought that yes. was lovely. That was really, really well done. I I really loved that. I actually really loved that whole bit where they go to the town hall mm. to help. Yeah. I I really loved that. Um I I just thought that was that was also really really well done. Um, I'm glad we saw Vicky again. Um, yeah, that she just you know we got that little bit of whatever is happening with Vicky, her boyfriend, her ex boyfriend, uh, mm-hmm. whatever's going on. I'm glad we got that little bit of I don't want to say closure for Robin. But no, but it kind it worked you know as that didn't it? We, we kind of got that bit of storyline where actually it's like okay, something could happen, but if it doesn't, you know she's they're finally kind of had that conversation and they're finally getting to know each other and Steve looking on and being like yeah oh you know what Steve you're you're a good one (laughs) and then obviously we had the little reunion in the cabin and then the ending um where I some people have said season five has a bit of a time jump I'm Hmm. worried about how long the time jump will be but then it's interesting because we know from what will said and from obviously watching them attack vecna and stuff is that he is not dead but he's injured so it's like is it going to be a year two years three years and they'll have been living in and trying to restore hawkins this time while vecna henry one has been biding at time and gathering his strength again so this is my thing with the time jump situation i don't think they've officially said there's a time jump they have said they are considering a time jump unless they've changed their stance on them because of the actors ages and they said we might need to just jump it to make it more realistic but in theory the only one that's going to be an issue now is priya um because she's the only one that's going to slightly look different and maybe holly holly whereas really Noah was clearly the issue in season four because, but then actually was, this is the thing, was he really? Because he was 16 when he was filming. Will was meant to be 15. So yeah, 
actually, you know, he was around Will's age anyway. But regardless, he would have been the last issue of the main boys, mm-hmm. really, because, you know, everyone's like a couple of years yeah. older. Um, I don't know how they can do a time jump, personally. I'm going to say what I said on Instagram, where if Will is going to have more importance and they are going with this, they have a little little sensor um, there about how Vecna's doing. So by that logic, you know, they're going to be able to sense how he's moving and if he's mm-hmm. dormant or if he's... I mean, the fact that Will can tell that he's injured... But, you know, that that's kind of telling in itself. So he, he's got that kind of sense of he's weakened, but he's not a full power. So is it going to be a thing yeah. of Will's going to be able to go, neck touch? Okay, he's, <laughs> he, he's also, only injured Elle right is going to try and find him. Do you know what I mean? So, of course she is. Yeah. So, I mean, so you've got that kind of thing with Will there. So yeah. is it going to be sort of thing of we're going to use him to monitor and then we will eventually skip to when will's like okay no this is serious now he's back that's the only way i can think they can get away with doing a time jump yeah and also l is also she's not gonna let this go like she's not gonna just stop trying to find him she's definitely gonna go into the like try and mind and try and see if she can locate him she does it all the time like, so she's, I don't think she's going to let that go. I don't think she's just going to stop looking for him. If she thinks she can stop it, she will. Um, you know, we saw her when she's in the hospital, she tries to go into Max's mind. So they've got, yeah, two people there that can try and find him. So I agree with you. I think that's the only way that they could get with a time jump is kind of doing it that way rather than it just being like a random three years later and they're just all living in like, Idaho or something like I, you know because I don't think they can go back to California because L is sort of no I mean L really. is implied to be going to be living there now she's got to hide from the government and I'm guessing yeah. that's what Hopper's going to be doing as well so I guess move all the buyers back to Hawkins but stay in the cabin that's gonna be a bit cramped <laughs> yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do those are our initial thoughts about volume two <laughs> I don't think we missed anything there. If we did, message us and we'll talk about it. <laughs> when we do our episode in-depth reviews, um, we are going to do a separate episode that is a special episode for that. Um, but that will be, we'll do that a little bit later, but it will be for that. Next week, we have a special episode going up, which I'm very excited very for. Excited. So excited for, not going to say too much. I hate it when people do that, but I'm going to do it here. Not saying any more, but very excited about the episode next week. But can you sing it? That's a hint. Oh. <laughs> and then the episode after that, we'll, we'll go back to our episode by episode. Episodes. Recap. Of season, of uh, season four. Um, so that that's that's your little timetable for... Upcoming Hawkins Do Copy Podcast episodes. If you were if you were interested. <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted to know what's going on in our lives, that's what's going on there. Um, but in the meantime, you can catch up on us being probably very wrong about season four. Um, but also very right, maybe, 
in some cases. Who knows? Maybe. You have to, you have to listen back. We've got two years ahead of us. You can laugh at us um, at many places. And that's pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Um, or talk to us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at Hawkins Podcast or YouTube and Tumblr at Hawkins Do You Copy and at some point HawkinsDoYouCopy.com and our Discord, which will also be Hawkins Do You Copy. Well, Hawkins Do You Copy everywhere. have to add We're, that on. Just have yeah. to add that on. I know. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> Wild. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Hawkins Do You Copy podcast and we will see you next time. Over and out.